Welcome to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Matt Mitterell. The South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast exists as a platform for the voices of apostolic leadership. Here, guests respond to racial and cultural topics from a biblical, historical, and experiential perspective. The South Carolina District Building the Bridge ministry seeks to contribute to the continued advancement of diversity within the United Pentecostal Church International by effectively working towards evangelizing the African-American and Black community. This work involves promoting the inclusion and cultural affirmation within the South Carolina District while providing resources and advice to UPCI ministers on matters of importance to the African-American and Black community. By working with National Building the Bridge leadership, local pastors, and ministers, including those newly licensed, South Carolina District Building the Bridge endeavors to promote the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. For more information, visit buildingthebridgeministries.com or contact me at scbtbministries at gmail.com. All right, everybody, thank you again for tuning in to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. Uh, we have quite a, a, a guest today. I'm looking forward to speaking with evangelist Anthony Crocker. And I um, I want to let you know there are a few things happening in the South Carolina district, a few exciting things coming up here in the uh, South Carolina district. On November 8th through the 11th, um, the Minister's Wives Retreat will be occurring. That's the South Carolina District Minister Wives Retreat. And you can register for that at scdistrict.org slash upcoming hyphen events. Uh, and then, too, we're looking forward here in the next week or so for the South Carolina District Men's Conference. And the theme this year is Momentum. And that's occurring October 19th through the 21st in Hickory Knob State Park. Um, I've registered. I hope you've registered. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing Reverend Jerry Dean minister to us. Uh, and just a wonderful time worshiping the Lord with fellow apostolic men. Um, you can check out the South Carolina Men's Ministries Facebook page for more information. Now, my guest today is evangelist Anthony Crocker. He is a licensed minister and evangelist with United Pentecostal Church International. His home church is Sanctuary of Praise in Anderson, South Carolina, under the leadership of Pastor Russell Drake. Brother Crocker has served as the outreach director for Sanctuary of Praise for the last eight years. And I, I look forward to talking to him about that uh, here on this episode. He and his wife, Christina, have three fun and awesome children. Brother Crocker, good evening, sir. Good Thank evening. you for uh, sitting down with me today. Yes, sir. Excited. Talking with you. Yeah, man, absolutely. We were uh, joking here on the other side before we got started. My man got, you know, I mean, top notch microphone. <laughs> Uh, he came ready and prepared. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Hey, that's, what, that's what you get when you invite a, a musician and a preacher on. So. There you go. There you go. We're we all about sound. We got to have good sound. Good quality. Good quality sound. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's let's jump right in, uh, Brother Crocker. We gonna, let's start first by talking about and discussing uh, your early ministry and, you know, what did you do before you were an evangelist? How did you first hear that call um, from God to become a minister and the like? Let's let's start there. 
Um, yeah, so I was 16 um, when I when I felt the call uh, to to preach um, was at Nashville uh, Youth Congress. I think that was 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was there, sir. Yeah, I was there. That was a fun one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. We uh, and I was just in the altars. I was praying, crying, and uh, I just felt felt the Lord just start putting things on me. Just that that burden for people. Um, started looking around. I just felt that call, that tug to to go deeper, and uh, and I just felt the Lord pushing me to to preach. Didn't know what it was going to lead to, um, you know. And I, so I, I go at the time. Uh, Ed, Ed, uh, pastor Edward Goddard, which is now my bishop, he was our pastor at the time, and I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I remember where I was standing. I remember where he was standing, and I went up to him and I said, Bishop, Bishop. And I said, I said, I'm. I'm you won't believe it. God, God called me to, to preach. And he told me, he said, he said, okay, good. Here's the toilet brush. <laughs> All right. And, yeah. and so I, it, it really, that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we started and that's, that's how my ministry started was just serve, serve, serve in whatever capacity you good. could. Love that. I love it's that. just, it's just give your all, give 100% of, uh, of serving. And, uh, I would not, my, my dad is really the one I, I, you know, my dad is the one that really taught me what it is to serve. I mean, anytime I saw my dad he, in, in the church, he was always, you know, pastor, what do you need? My, my, my bishop, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, I mean, he talked about my dad all the time over the pulpit, just talked about, you know, my dad's name is Mark. He said, brother, brother Mark Crocker, he just always wants to serve. He's always here. Doors open, doors closed. He's, He's coming to clean the church in whatever way. So I saw that, and I realized at a young age that's what ministry is. It's serving. Mm. And mm. and so that's where I really started. Um, you know, I started talking. Bishop Goddard was the one that gave me my first pulpit. He called it Five Minutes of Fire, and he had a little yeah. bell. <laughs> he had a little bell. He said, you are five minutes. I'm ringing that bell. He said, at four minutes, oh, I man. ring it once. And my dad's the one that did it. My dad's the one that told him to do it that way. And Oh man! Keep you on your toes. Yeah, he said, "If I ring it once, you have you have one minute left. I ring it twice, you're done." And so the first time I preached, he got up to three rings, and I I finished up real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Better hurry up! I I said, "He's not going to let me talk up here again." And (laughs) you know, I talked to him a lot when I was younger, and I was probably in his office. What seems like more bad times than good ones, but in the good times, you know, I I taught. he, he really helped me a lot, him and Pastor Drake, um, whenever he transitioned to bishop and Pastor Drake came in and took that senior pastor role. Um, they both really helped me and developed me. I give them a lot of credit for my ministry. And, uh, you know, Pastor Drake and, and Bishop Goddard both, you know, they said, if you, you want a pulpit, you go find one. You know, don't mm-hmm. try to seek mm-hmm. out the, the pastor's pulpit. You go, you want to you want to preach, you know, you go do Bible studies, you go do whatever mm-hmm. it takes. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was really instilled in me that you that the pulpit of a church is not the only place you can preach the word. There's mm-hmm. a whole world out there that needs to know God. And so that's when I started going with some of our elders to, to nursing homes. You want to talk about a thankless job? Nursing home is a thankless job, oh, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is, but you know, they, they'll probably fall asleep. I had people fall asleep on me all the time. Um, you know, I, I, you won't see nothing funnier until you see two, two elderly people fight it out. 
Oh man. <laughs> but like, you know, give me my cane. That's my cane. This <laughs> is how it is. But you know, it was that that developed me. I went to a a nursing home for seven years. I went to a nursing wow. home, and I, and I preached about this whenever I was had that opportunity to preach it uh, a few years ago at a mm-hmm. district conference. I talked about how. Now, I what 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 age are you? What age are you when you started preaching at the nursing home? I was. <laughs> I was 23 mm-hmm. when I started being okay. consistent at, at the nursing home. Um, I was working in the mall and, mm-hmm. uh, and a lady came up to me and she was just handing out cards, uh, trying to get donations for the nursing home. And, uh, she asked me, she said, uh, she said, you're, you know, we kind of got in conversation about ministry and stuff. She, she said, are you a preacher? I said, yes, ma'am. I, I minister wherever I can. I'm a minister at my church. And she said, uh, she said, well, we need somebody to come on Sundays. We have three Sundays a month where nobody comes and they just want it and they desire it. And so I, uh, and so I talked to my pastor and I said, you know, I, do I need to talk to our nursing home director? He said, no, just go. He said, preach the word. And so I started going to that nursing home and I, like I said, seven years and, uh, and that's just kind of what I credit a lot of my ministry, a lot of the way I preach to a nursing home. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's it's somewhere where nobody else wants to go, but they, you know, I tell a lot of people that go to nursing homes, they think they have to preach a certain way. That's not the case. I, I learned mm. from experience that they want to be preached to the same way as anybody else. I watched mm. people weep and cry, family members coming in to visit their their mothers and their fathers, um, just break down and cry. I had people pay me ties. Um, wow. to give to the wow. church. And so I would come, yeah. I would, you know, they would give me tithing money and I would give it to the church. And I mean, that just shows their dedication. But I remember mm-hmm. people would ask me to pray for healing. And so I'd grab their hand and I would pray for them and that they'd be healed. And, uh, and, you know, just tears running down their face. And, you know, not one time did we see anybody get the Holy Ghost. I, I, I prayed for it every time I went in there. I always, I'd sit in the parking lot and I'd say, Lord, today's the day. Today's the day. Yeah. God, let yeah. somebody get it. And I would always go in there with faith, knowing that God could do it. But not one time did somebody get the Holy Ghost in that building. However, we had one lady, just one, and out of seven years, start coming to our church. And she, you know, she's here, she's here more times than she's not. And she, and she's always just, you always see the tears running down her face. And so, and she got the Holy ghost and, and that's just an example of what God can do. It it may not be, it may not be exactly what the way you thought it was going to go, but it's Mm -hmm. always the way God needs it to go. And Amen. so it may we, not be a, it may not be 100, but it, but God's happy and the angels rejoice. Yeah, over exactly. One soul. Exactly. So. And so that's that's kind of the way the nursing home went. And, uh, and you know, just Bible studies, you know, I, 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 I'm not a professional Bible, you know, giver of Bible studies. I, I, I don't go by a manual. I, I go mm-hmm. by a, a uh, my pastor's given me a, a book that he, he developed, a Bible study that he developed. And I've given that Bible study in ways. But. You know, people just want to know who God is. You know that yeah. I don't. I don't consider myself a professional preacher, a professional evangelist. I just the mm. only thing I know how to do is, you know, I got my Bible sitting over here. That's the only thing I know how to do is just preach that preach that book. And Amen. that was developed through me, through my pastor, through my bishop. You know, just preach the word. You know, don't yeah. worry about anything else. Preach truth. Preach the word. And that's how my ministry really started. Was just 
serving in whatever capacity I could. If that meant going to a nursing home, let's go to a nursing home. If that mm-hmm. meant cleaning a toilet, <laughs> clean yeah, a toilet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's serving. When you when you were in the when you were at the nursing home, um, what did you use? I just want to get a little granular there. When you sure. when you would preach, did you rely more so on um, you know something that God inspired you, like an inspired message to preach, or did you use the uh, the Bible study or a combination of both? What did you What did you more so rely on? So it really it really depended. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would always always sought God for for the right word for the right message. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In the beginning, when I was first starting out, you know, I was I was a you know I was trying to develop you know my I guess I don't want to call it a preaching style, but like my just my comfortableness in the nursing home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just trying to make sure that I, you know, I gave my 100 just like I would give my 100, you know, at a church anywhere I right. go. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, God convicted me of that because I would go in that nursing home. I would preach differently when I first started. Um, mm-hmm. I would always kind of hold back and, uh, and I would, I would never yell. Um, I would never do that. I would never, you know, try to shove the Holy ghost down people's throats. I don't believe in that. Um, I believe that those things come with time. You preach those things because it's scripture based, but but I never, I I never forced anybody to speak in tongues. Um, Mm -hmm. people would come to me asking me about those things. Um, but I would always, as, as far as the messages went, when I first started, I would always pray God, whatever you want. And I would have like messages typed out towards the end of it. It was more me just going off of boldness. I guess that's the right mm. way to put it. Um, yeah, yeah. I really felt I really felt at a time God pressing me to have boldness when I'm preaching the when I'm preaching there. And a lot of times I'd be preaching to myself. Um, I can remember several times just preaching about just going deeper with God and the Holy Ghost and what it can do and how it can change their life. And in those moments, those were the moments that people would start to weep and they would cry and I would be crying, um, in those services and people would come up to me on many of those occasions and would say, you have something different that, that other guy doesn't have. Um, cause I would come three Sundays a month and there was one other guy that would come. I want to say he might've been a, a, a Catholic minister or some deno- other denomination, um, but there was one guy, uh, one gentleman, um, I remember like it was yesterday, he came up to me. I would, I would, cause I would go around and I would shake everybody's hand and I would tell them I would love them and I would thank them for being there. And there was one gentleman, he was there and, uh, he was shaking my hand and he said, brother, brother Crocker, he, they, they start calling me brother. Some of them would call me brother Crocker. You know, I would tell them just call him brother Anthony, but they yeah. call me brother Crocker. He said, brother, brother Crocker, um, you need the Holy ghost to make it to heaven. Don't you? Oh, wow. What do you, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and, and so I, I looked at him, I said, well, I said, uh, his name is Mr. Bannister. And I said, Mr. Bannister, uh, that's what the Bible says. I said, you know, the scripture talks about an acts and I kind of gave him a, a Bible study right then and there. And he said, I think I need the, the Holy ghost. And it was one of the most heartbreaking things when I came back two weeks later, and he said, I talked to, I talked to a pastor and he said, I don't need it. 
And my family said, I don't oh, need it. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and it, it broke me in half. <laughs> and I said, well, Mr. Banister, I'd love to just give you a Bible study just to, he said, no, no, I think I'm all right. And it broke my heart. And, yeah. and there was many heartbreaking moments like that where you would teach and preach just to give your all. And, um, yeah, I'm yeah. trying not to get emotional keep, talking about you, it right now. <laughs> yeah, but keep you going. keep, you keep going, man. You keep going, you keep yeah. preaching, you keep, you keep, um, uh, being obedient to God and uh, like that obedient sower, you just keep casting that seed and you, you never know what kind of ground it's going to fall on. Um, and, and I, I think, I think all of us at some point in our ministry is going to experience. Um, I can't tell you how many Bible studies I've taught and those people are not in church. Um, they were baptized or they were filled with the Holy ghost, but they're not in church. They're not associated with any type of body. And, you know, even though in our in my best to tell them, you know, salvation is just the beginning. Uh, it's uh, it's not the end of your walk with God. Um, but for some, it doesn't stick there. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stick. And so we never know what thorns come in, whether it be family or life circumstance or what thorns come in and choke that word out. But all we can do is just keep going and keep being obedient to God. And keep trusting them. And that's what you've been doing. And so when did you let's shift a little bit and talk a little bit about your calling to be an evangelist. Right. Because that's like and, and, and I want I don't want people to necessarily think that I'm thinking about levels. But in terms of a minister, right, you have your ministry, your, your licensed minister. But then to say that God has called you to become an evangelist. Oh, boy, you step into a whole other yeah. field. Now. So yeah. <laughs> talk, talk, talk a little bit about um, about that. So that in, yeah. in 2019, um, I, I felt a pull. It was a different type of pull. I didn't know if it was going to be towards a pastoral ship or if it was going to be towards an evangelist. Um, mm-hmm. But I went yeah, and what I, year? I'm sorry. Uh, 2019, mid 2019. Um, I want to say it was July, August, September, somewhere in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I went to my, I felt that pull and I told, I went to my pastor and I said, I think God, I said, I feel like God might be calling me to evangelize. Um, and he told me to pray. <laughs> he said, pray about it. And I said, okay. And so I prayed and I, and I made sure to pray, you know, intentionally. I said, Lord, whatever comes next, prepare me for it. I said, if you want me to pastor a church, then then open that door. I said, if you want me to evangelize, you open those doors. I won't force my way in. I said, but cleanse me and prepare my heart for what you have for me next. Because I cannot do, I cannot go where I can't make it to this next level unless you are the one guiding me there. And, and just that was my prayer every day for almost... For almost six months, Lord, prepare me for what's next. Prepare me for what's next. And in those six months, God did things to me that, I mean, just deliverances from things that I didn't expect and and just showing me things, showing me little weeds that I need to pluck out in order for me to go to that next level. And so here comes February of 2020 right before right before the pandemic and i go to my pastor and i said i feel like god's calling me to evangelize and he said okay and so he you know he was my covering and then march came <laughs> and and covid hit 
and I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and in the midst of COVID, I started getting invites in the middle of COVID. Um, some, some was for live streams. Um, and then, uh, and then in May, uh, your, your pastor, Brother Huba actually called me and uh, asked me to come and, 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 uh, fill in, in, in May cause they were going out of town for something. And, uh, and just from that moment on, God just started really opening doors. It wasn't all at once. You know, some, I've talked to some evangelists and they're like, oh yeah, God just started opening doors all at once. For me, it, it didn't happen that way. Um, and I just, I, I told God, I won't, I won't force my way in. I said, I will let you, I will allow you to open the doors. My pastor, he ingrained, he, he's like engraved that into my soul. Just, <laughs> you, you mm -hmm. don't force doors open. You allow God That's to open right. the doors. Wait, and I so, say on the Lord. <laughs> right, right. And so from that moment on, I said, Lord, you know, I just want to be a vessel. You know, it's, yeah. you know, like, like, like Samuel, God, you, you start calling me, I'll go. You know, you've, wherever you want me to go, send me. Just send me wherever you want me to go. And I don't care where that's at. And my, and that, and God just started opening doors. Um, what was that? What was that evangelist, that, um, that procedural, like that process of becoming an evangelist, what was that like for you? Like, uh, you know, for somebody who has never been, uh, never felt that call right. to become an so evangelist. It, like I said, you fill out an application. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a fee, um, kind of like dues that we pay once a year. Um, and, uh, so you fill that information out and you, uh, you have, there, there are some qualifications, um, such you have, you have to preach a certain amount of times, um, a year to be qualified as a full-time evangelist. Now that, that that's kind of up and down if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, God's, God's allowed me, I told the Lord, if you, you know, if you still want me to do this, you open those doors so that I, I, I want right. to meet those. I want to meet that criteria. I don't want to be dishonest mm -hmm. and God, and you know, starting out, you never know. And if you're going to meet that criteria or not. And so right. you just, yeah. if you're going and, to get the invites, <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause once again, yeah. I'm not forcing my way in, I'm, I'm letting, yeah. you know, and, uh, and so that's, that's kind of the applicant. That's kind of the process. Um, there is a registry that you can, uh, find online. Um, it's a, a evangelist.faith and there's a whole registry of, of, uh, evangelists on that website. All these evangelists are trusted. A lot of them are, you know, we have an evangelist conference once a year, uh, we go to Dallas First Church, uh, we're Pastor Tom Foster in Dallas, Texas, and uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's it, 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 we're, that's coming up soon in in uh, end of November, beginning of December, and uh, it's just such an awesome time. Many of those men are are my friends. Um, a lot of great connections there, um, and and uh, but you know th that whole list is all, they're all trusted, and uh, and yeah. So I mean, it's always. It's always a, uh, a fun process, and uh, I think mm -hmm. that God mm -hmm. just—I told God, I said, when you're ready for me to be done, you do the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. and that's—and uh, and so we're just—we place a lot of that in God's hands when it comes to those mm -hmm. types of things. Do you do you work also like a, a secular job? At the time being, yes, sir. Um, okay. I, I recently—recently um, recently I quit a job. 
Um, it wasn't a lot because God, like I said, God was just opening doors and I really, I knew God wanted me to quit. And, but I also know that God gives you common sense and family, wife and three kids. And I'm, and, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the invitations weren't as, as frequent at the time. And so I said, Mm -hmm. Lord, I said, you want me to do this? I said, I'm getting more and more invites. I said, God, you're, you're opening more and more doors. I said, so I'm going to start applying for places because I still have a family to take care of. Right. And so I started applying for places. I found this uh, just applying like crazy. And, uh, and there was a job posting on there and I, and I clicked on it and I ended up getting an interview with this job. And, uh, mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, they ended up offering me the position. Here's the, here's the, uh, mm-hmm. faith part. <laughs> the, yeah, the faith yeah. part is, is that this job was almost a $30,000 pay cut between 25 oh, and $30,000 wow. and, uh, in, in salary. And, mm. you know, my wife and I, we just, we, we looked at each other <laughs> and I said, what do you, what do you think? And she, she just we, we, she's like, I don't know. You know, she's, my wife's an accountant. And so numbers are her, are, that's her oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's her oh, thing. Yeah. And so, she, look, and so she's got she, more faith than you to, to take that jump. Cause the numbers going, uh, <laughs> exactly. And like, Cause I'm ready. I'll take it right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready, yeah. you know? And, yeah, and so yeah. she walks, she walks into our bedroom and I don't see her for like, 30, 45 minutes. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Oh man, she's going over the books. I can already know. And when she was yeah. praying and she came back out of the bedroom and said, God will take care of us. Yeah. And, and so I, I called this, I called the job back. I said, okay, we'll do it. And, uh, and I put in my two week notice at this job. They, they didn't, they were not happy, um, at all, but mm-hmm. this job that I took, just the the flexibility that yeah, they allowed yeah. mm-hmm. and and I went in there and when I when I do something I give my 100 to it so yeah. I go in there and I give my 100 I start talking to my bosses and and they're like Anthony anytime you need a weekend off you let us know any or you know anytime you need a Friday you know a half day if you got to travel you let us know anytime you got to come in late on Mondays you let us know and they've just been so kind and and just understanding and and a lot of that's because they don't want to lose me but <laughs> yeah well and that well that in and of itself is is a blessing right sometimes i mean right. I, I i tell people my testimony about the what what i uh, what what i say the lord took me through um in making a decision to move here from north carolina right. i've told my church before how comfortable I, we were um financially i had a really good job um and to move here it was about a 25,000 30,000 uh pay cut mm. but it, it felt it at some point in there there was just this it hmm, you know it's kind of like you have a dual reality right it's like on one sense there's a peace right and you're you're accepting of it but in right. the other sense that 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 fear fear is a strong word it's more like a the reality of what you're doing is still there, right? It's you're very still comfortable. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a piece, but it's uncomfortable. Like you're still right. putting your family in a, in a different situation. You're changing your family's financial reality um, because you're 
you're um, making a step and taking a step of faith uh, for God, you know, and, and, and the first year that we moved here, you know, it, it was, uh, it was tough. You know, most of it was tough, just like psychologically, the job I took, I was like, what did I do? You know, is, you know, just second guessing myself, you know, all those questions came in, um, you know, but at the end of it, at the end of the day, I think where I am now and how I've seen God bless my ministry has been uh, just like a, like a wow to me, you know, like I take a step back and I go, you know, although I took that risk, you know, because God honors that God honors sacrifice every single time. And whereas you may not, you know, I may never get back to the the financial reality that I was at, but this new reality I'm living in is one where I have complete faith in God. Um, my ministry sees, and I thank God for this, this isn't a boast, but my ministry sees, uh, uh, results, you know, in terms of what we're doing here in Columbia with Pastor Huba um, and, and else, you know, and elsewhere, you know, and so it's not it's not always about the green that's coming in the bank account, but it's about what God is going to do through you when you trust him. I mean, exactly what you said, you know, it, God honors faithfulness um, and God yeah. honors sacrifice. Um, yeah. If there's like I said, I'm, I'm a living example of that um, because yeah. we have been. I mean, we have received checks like in the mail. Um, I've had people just randomly come up to me and, you know, people I barely know just giving me hundred dollar bills, you know, and, and, and God's opened up doors and, and, you know, to do side, you know, if I can't, if for whatever reason, the door is not open for that weekend, I, 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 and I need to make some extra cash. Well, Here's, here's, here's DoorDash, here's Uber, you know, whatever, I, whatever it right, takes. Right. And then yeah, I have yeah. this mindset now that I'll do whatever it takes for the ministry. That that's yeah. just my, that's my reality. Um, I don't, I don't preach for a paycheck. I preach because there's a lost world out there and there's souls yeah, yeah, that yeah. need to know who God is. And that's, that's my, that's my desire is just to reach whoever will, uh, you know, yeah. send, you know, I, I pray God send me where, where, send me where nobody else will go and, mm. uh, and, you know, send me to places. Well, let's, let's talk, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. I don't, I don't mean to cut you sure. off, but this no, is, a, no, no, this no, is a good, actually a good segue into, you know, some of the places you've been right. in, um, as an evangelist. And so, right. uh, number one, where are some of the places you feel you've been where, where others uh, may not want to go or may not be comfortable going And then number two, um, discuss a little bit of the, the diverse church environments you've been in and had the privilege of being in as an evangelist. So in, in, um, in Anderson as, as kind of our outreach director, um, God, uh, you know, my pastor has kind of put me over different events and stuff. And as far as the places where I don't think anybody else wants to go, it is, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not saying nobody does go there. I'm just giving this right, kind of right. an example. Uh, we have yeah. a street ministry, um, that we do here. It's called restoration outreach. Um, and it started out as a homeless ministry. Well, we moved it to our, to our local soup kitchen and we started realizing that uh, we partnered with an, an organization in Anderson um, mm-hmm. called Saturday Servants. They asked different churches to take an entire month out of the out of the year and uh, give out sandwiches and you know whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we partnered with them, we said we want to come once a month, and we started doing this the second Saturday of the month every month. Um, 
and what we go out there with a grill we cook hot dogs hamburgers we make bags it's early mornings a lot of times um, because you got to cook up until lunch we do 200 bags um and we serve right around a hunt we, we uh right around 150 of those bags go to the people on the streets um mm. and the other 50 go to uh local areas um like local homes and stuff housing and stuff like that um we have seen just so many people just grab hold of what we're preaching um we'll go out there again we don't shove scripture down people's throats but we'll go down we'll go out there and we'll we'll pray um we'll we'll teach you know what it is to be loved by God. What it is to truly receive the Holy Ghost, and we'll we'll give them scriptures. We'll sing songs. Um, they always mm-hmm. love that. And yeah. some so, <laughs> the the humor the humorous part of that is some people are out there just for a meal. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. But, that and, happens. And, and, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing right, wrong with that. Um, right. Some have complained about that meal, but <laughs> but but you know our our bus ministry. Why y'all always our, serving hot dogs? Why y'all yeah, serve? Why y'all got hot dogs? And, ribs, and, yeah, like, yeah. Why don't you serve the good what, stuff? What are ribs and macaroni? Like what y'all doing? So they're a Lady, hot hamburger. Sir, this is a free meal. <laughs> it is, and and but you know the crazy part is, is our bus ministry. Um, we, we, we started a bus ministry this past year and, uh, and our bus ministry is not just picking up kids, but it's picking up people, um, from th- that area. We have more people from that area come than we have, um, than we have children that come with them. Um, yeah. which is just coming amazing. To church. Coming to church. Yes, sir. Coming to church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, we have a couple in our church. They just took it on and said, we, we want to, we want to pick people up. And so they they go out to the streets and they they look at some they look at some people and they use discretion because some people just you know, we've had some issues in the past but you know sure, we, sure. They, they use yeah. their they use discretion and they just done such a wonderful job of this couple and and they just they they want to reach Anderson and it's so amazing to see that and uh, we speaking of like that but that is again a thankless position. Um, mm-hmm. you know, other than like the people out there, they're, they'll say, thank you. We love this. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. and it makes you feel good. It, it does, but that's not what it's, that's not what it's designed for. Um, it's designed to, to reach the lost, do what Jesus told us to do and go. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's one of the places that not everybody wants to go because at times it can be dirty. It can be scary. Yeah. I've had people, yeah. I've had people, you know, cuss us out, um, if I'm going to be just candid and honest, we've had people swear to, I mean, swear at us and, and call us different things. We've had people yell at us. We've had to escort people off the property, um, for Mm -hmm. fighting and stuff. I mean, that's just what it is. And, but, but it's worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. anytime we go out there, friend of mine, good, good friend of mine actually just shared with me, um, a video of an outreach that they were doing here recently. you, you know him, so I won't I won't mention his name here over the podcast um, in case he wants to. But he shared a video with me recently, actually, at, as of this weekend. And in the in the video, you can see this guy getting very this uh, this guy on the street, just getting very vulgar with the team as they were out there, you know, doing 
doing outreach. They were out there preaching, preaching on the streets, teaching and, and whatnot. And um, it, it in the video, um, you can hear one of the team members praying and, uh, you know, really speaking in tongues and interceding and trying to uh, trying to push that bad spirit away, you know, rebuke that bad spirit. And, uh, and, and because of the numbers of the, the team, I think eventually he walked off, you know, God answered that prayer. He, this, this individual who was becoming very vulgar and uh, flagrant with the, with the team ended up walking off. But my friend and I, we were talking about, it. I said, you know, it'd be a good idea, you know, to have, and, and maybe you can kind of provide some practical advice here too, but a good idea to have a, t- a sit down with your team about how, how to, respond to situations like that in the future. I'll tell you one more story. We were out just last week, a uh, week in our church, actually uh, building a bridge, partnering with Aphesus Church. I know I'm the uh, as building the bridge director for South Carolina, but, you know, Pastor Hube and I and some of the other members, ministers, ministers at our church were talking about how can we how can we make Aphesus an example of what building this ministry, building the bridge is all about. And so this past weekend, we went out to a uh, to an apartment complex. You probably saw the pictures online on some of our social media accounts. It was amazing, man. We had such a really good time. But my point in sharing the story was while we were there, m- most everybody, I would say 99% of the people that came out, they came out, they, they, they had a meal, they talked with us, the kids bounced in the bounce house. Some of them came out, didn't even have a meal, but they still talked with us. Um, and it was a really good, a really good experience overall. But then there was that one percent. There were a group of t- uh, teenagers who kind of got a little rowdy, and what they were doing was silly. Like it's like, okay, yeah, go have fun. They were taking the, they were taking some of the bottles um, of water that we were handing out, and they were like, like opening it up and throwing it on each other. And uh, and even at one point, got one of our members wet, one of our volunteers uh, wet, and, stuff. and so. Um, she sat down on the cooler and she just started praying, speaking in tongues and rebuking the spirits. And then before you know it, the, the mom came out of the house and was like, you get over here. Y'all always ruining things for the kids. You know, always y'all stop that, you know, kind of thing. And, and uh, Pastor Hube and I were joking about it afterwards. We were like, yeah, when you pray, man, when you pray, God will dispatch angels or angry, yeah. angry mamas, you know, kind of thing. That's hey, it's exactly right. <laughs> but that happens. Like this is the reality when we get out there and we put ourselves in in the enemy's territory, so to speak. Yes, um, we're going to run into some people who, I mean, they don't care one one bit about. No. Let's just be frank, right? Some of them, they don't care one bit about the church. They don't care one bit about right. the Bible. They're just there to to get either a free meal, free right. drink. That's out there. I would say, though, yep. they're the minority. The vast majority of people are appreciative. But absolutely for that minority of people, what would you say would be some practical things or maybe some things you you guys have done in the past to respond when you get somebody, say, vulgar or, you know, uh, in, uh, opposing to you guys in opposition? So we when we we did not start the street ministry mm-hmm. um we had a gentleman come to our, start coming to our church named john Heyman, brother john Heyman, great guy i love brother john. john brother john Heyman is my is my go-to because he does not play around with these people you need you need somebody on your team that is willing to be bold not in a rude way but in in a way 
of love, if that makes sense. Um, you have to be firm. It's kind of like your children, right? You know, when, when my children get in trouble, you know, it's that tough love, you know, saying, look, it's not okay what you did. And we're not going to be like that around here. If you, if you continue to be like that, you're going to have to leave. You know, I tell my children, go to your room in this case, you're going to have to leave because we're not going to have that around here. And he'll talk to them like that. I would say, you know, he, brother, brother John Heyman, he's, he's an African-American guy. And a lot of these people out there that we're serving are African-American and he, and he'll come to me if it's a, if it's like a, a white guy that's getting out of line, he'll still come to me and say, Hey, Anthony, you know, go talk to that guy. Um, that's always very helpful. Um, and I don't mean anything by that. Obviously I'm just more or less saying, you know, no, it's I practical. might be able to connect. With, yeah, absolutely. It yeah. is practical. And yeah. because, because a lot of people are very untrusting that let's, I mean, again, honesty is, 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 is it, we live in a world where there's a lot of mistrust and that's what we're trying to do. Right. Trying yeah. to build that bridge, build that bridge of yeah. trust. Yes. And so I'll have, I'll actually have brother John come with me. Um, as that anchor, you mm. know, saying, Hey, you know, I'll talk to him, but I want you there with me as a witness, because I'm not trying to get, you know, I need a witness when I'm talking to these guys, cause yeah. I don't want them to get out of line thinking that the church is abusing them or, right, or right. you know, mistreating them. And in, in turn, I do the same thing with Brother John or he'll grab another member of our church and, and do the same thing with, with somebody else and, um, that he's talking to. And so we'll, we'll work together. And that's what I would suggest, um, you know, making, not making sure, but you have to be firm. Um, you can't just let people walk all over Absolutely. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. because people will do it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the, the raw honesty of the situation. People will, uh, try to press those buttons Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in those situations. Yeah. And, uh, and so I would say, you know, just yeah, praying works. Obviously, we've seen it in two. You just told me two situations. That's right. Two <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not I'm not denying that at all. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there there's you're you're trying to help people. Yeah, right. We're we're trying to we're trying to help people. We're trying to show people this is who we are. This is what we we want to do. We're not doing this for glory. We're doing this because we want we love you and we care about you. And you know, my my, my mom she would always tell me, "You show me respect, I'll show you respect." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so and so in turn, that's what we kind of do on the streets. Look, we're 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 giving you a free a hot free meal, and we're not asking for your thanks. We're not asking for money. We're just trying to show you, Hey, we love you. And so, and I've told people that, that I've had to talk to like, look, you know, we're just trying to show love. Why can't you do the same thing for us? Why can't you just be appreciative and love us the way that we love you? Well, man, you know, trying to, trying to come up with an excuse. No, 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 it's, and we'll kind of, we'll kind of talk. No, 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 no. What you were doing was rude. It was wrong. Right. Let, let's let's work together and if you can't get it together we're going to have to kindly ask you to leave mm-hmm. and you know because there are children here and there there are people here that want to know who god is and if you're not one of those people if you just want a free meal we'll grab you a bag and we'll send you on your way on your way i love that still get your and, meal but you can't be here yeah he's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you know that <laughs> we're still feeding them That's right. but yeah. we're gonna need you to we're gonna, we're gonna need you to yeah 
No, Kick that's rocks. real. That's real, man. That's that's real and that's practical. You know, you you mentioned something earlier. I wanted to circle back around to about um, brother John. You mentioned how he's he's an African American guy, and he realizes he even realizes sometimes that he'll need to grab you, Caucasian guy, to come and help with, uh, you know, given given whatever the circumstance is. My question is, what in your experience and what you've done here over the past few years, and you know, serving at the nursing home serving as outreach coordinator or outreach director for, uh, for the last eight years at your church. Um, talk a little bit about what you've seen is important with regard to diversity in the field of evangelism. And I, and I want to kind of take it two different ways. There's, there's, I'm talking about in the field of evangelism in terms of you going to another church to minister, but then also the field of evangelism, like street evangelism. If you can, if you can kind of answer that question. Sure. Um, so when it comes to uh, South Carolina has su- the district in itself has such a burden for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying other districts don't do that. Um, I'm just stating what I have witnessed. Yeah. Um, there is such a, such a hunger brother Gann, um, our superintendent, he has such a, a burden for the loss and such a burden to see churches in each individual city. And, and, you know, I, I've thought a when I think about reaching the world, I think a lot about Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't he didn't ask for her pedigree. He didn't ask who she was, didn't ask, you know, are you a Samaritan? Because if you're a Samaritan, then you can't get me water. He just said, hey, can can you get me some water? Mm-hmm. And and she was the one worried about her pedigree. She was the one worried about who she was. And, and she was worried about her past, you know, saying, saying words like, you know, if you knew who I was, then you wouldn't be asking me for this. Jesus said, well, if you knew who I was, <laughs> you wouldn't be getting the water. You'd be asking me for water. Right, right, right. And, and it would be water that would never run out, you know? And, and so I, I have that same, I have that same mental capacity when I go out, I'm just like, Lord, you know, I want to show people the water. And South Carolina has that same mindset. We just want to show people the water and show and say, look, you know, here is water. Here is here is here is Jesus who wants to give you so much more. It doesn't matter who you were. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter you know, your past. We all make mistakes. <laughs> we don't care. We want to see you come to church. And and I've seen every church that I've gone to. I've seen just just the diversity, brother. Um, for example, brother Westbury out of Pentecostal of the Upstate, he um, he he has a I want to say it's Swahili, um, an African uh, family is in his church and they have to translate in Swahili when uh, when when we come there or, and when he's preaching. And so he has that he has a family there and he has uh, he has Spanish people there, um, brother. Brother Chinguina, Pentecostals of Greenville, he, I just recently was with him. I'll be with him again this, this coming Sunday. Um, he was telling me about the neighborhoods in his church, and he said the neighborhood across the street is, is predominantly white, and the neighborhood to my, to, my, uh, to my right across the street, it's predominantly African-American. And he said this neighborhood right beside us is, is predominantly Hispanic, and he said, I want to reach them all. He said, they're all going to come to my church. And I said, let's go. Let's go. He's, he's got this vision. He says, we need 200 chairs in our sanctuary. And, and I said, Bro, I said, Brother Chinguin, I said, with that vision, you're going to need more than 200 chairs. 
I said, there, you, you're, you're, let's get them. Let's go. Um, brother, brother Feld, our, I was with him, um, a few months ago and, uh, at powerhouse church in Myrtle beach, North Myrtle beach. And he was telling me just his vision to, for these churches. Um, you know, he's also our North American missions director here in South Carolina. And, and he was just telling me his vision and just to see churches and to see growth and, and, If I'm able to, if I'm allowed, you know, I want to make a, I want to challenge, if you're listening to this in South Carolina, I want to make a challenge to you when, when they start, when they start going, going out and doing these events and trying to reach these neighborhoods and reach these cities, go with them. Let's reach the world. Like what, what's stopping us? Let's not be afraid. God did not give us a spirit of fear, right? It's, it's to, it's to, it's to go. We got to go and do something. So I'm challenging you today to go and and just who, it doesn't matter who you are. God, God will use you. (laughs) If he can use me, he can use anybody. You know, know, Pastor Pastor Drake just preached a phenomenal message on servanthood, and he made this he made this this point where we want people to serve as and have and have a burden as bad you know as as big as ours, right, or as deep as ours. But that's not going to be the case always. And and just to encourage somebody, don't stop. You know what you're doing. Don't stop going out and and reaching the world. I've I've. I've learned how because of ministers in my church and because of um, and because of Brother John, really, he has taught me how to how to interact, um, you know, and, and, and then still be me still, you know, not change my mannerisms, not change who I am, not change how I talk, but how to connect with the African-American community um, and and. They, he, he was telling me the other day, he's like, you know, you got to, or, you know, a few months ago, he said, you got to be, you, you can't, you can't be fake with, with anybody. You have to be, which I try not to be those things anyway, but he was meaning it in a way, he was meaning in a way, don't be disrespectful, but also don't be ran all over. He said, be, just be stern and be real. And he was talking about how you don't got to change the way you talk. He said, just connect, find out what they like. And, uh, and he said, <laughs> he said, don't, you know, don't always throw out stereotypes. And I said, well, I didn't plan on doing that anyway, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, he was, he, uh, but he was just telling me, you know, you gotta be, you just gotta be real and don't be, <laughs> trying to think of the correct way that, that, uh, he said it. Um, but he was just more or less, he said, you can't do everything. He said, cause there's, it's funny because we have a, uh, a, <laughs> he cracked me up, man. He said, uh, he said a couple of months ago, we were, we were doing a, a, an event out there. We were doing like a special event, giving out prizes and stuff. And I said, Hey, there's a barber shop right across the street. And and I said, you want, you know, we should take them some hot dogs and hamburgers and just, you know, tell them who we are. And he said, he said, he said, Anthony, don't go in that barbershop without me. <laughs> and, and, and I said, why not? He said, Anthony, do not go in that barbershop without me. <laughs> I, said, I said, 
<laughs> I said, okay. I said, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's exactly. It's real. And that was his biggest thing was just be real, but don't, don't, you know, don't be standoffish. Go up to them. What's up, man? How are you doing? You know, just shake their hand. Just let them know that, hey, you're here. You're going to talk to them and you're not going to be fake. You're not going to try to mess around and be nervous. Don't, he said, don't be nervous. Talk to them. He said, and I said, well, I try to do that anyway. So let's, let's see if I can perfect it. And that's, that's what I, I just, my, my thing, bro, is I just want to be a witness. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. And I don't care who you are. I don't, I, I go to a prison and I don't care what those people do in that prison. I don't care how they got themselves there. I, we've seen 13 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost since March when we first started going. And, and it's just been, and it's, you know, in, in prison, it doesn't matter what race you were when you get into the house of God. And it shouldn't matter whenever you're out of prison. (laughs) It should not matter who you are, where you came from. You know, I told, I told the church this past week, I said, I said, the church is a, is a hospital. It's a place for people to go. It does not matter who you were before you found God. It does not matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what, what race you are. What matters is that you find an altar. I said, this altar does not discriminate. And that's what, that's my heart. My heart is to see people just grab hold of who God is and, and, and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll bring whoever, whoever wants to go with me. You know, if I need to grab brother, brother Harrell, I'm going to grab him. I'm going to bring him on. I'm going to say, Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go reach this neighborhood. You know, reach the people that you can reach, and I'll go with you, and we'll reach them together. Let them know that hey, we're going to stand arm in arm. We're going to be a chain, and we're going to see this world come to God. Because there's just there's you know it's what I was saying. Uh, you know, there's just too many people, too many people going to hell because nobody's willing to go. And it's I, I get it. It's 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 not ideal. You know, I go when I go out onto the streets, when I go to the prisons, when I go to these, when I when I'm have these great opportunities to go to these other churches. There are people; they're not. They don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't act like me. There, some. You know, I, I I see all. I see all walks of life. You know, I see, I see rich. I see poor. I see dirty. I see clean. And, you know, I've, I've, I've seen white, I've seen, I've seen African-American, I've seen Hispanic, I've seen, I've seen them all, you know, and, but if not me, then who? There's too many people going to hell because nobody is willing to go. And I'm, and I'm saying that as in, I'm not saying that nobody has that, that passion but if all we do is talk about it and we don't do it, then those words are just going to be words you threw in the air and they're not going to bounce off of anything. They're just going to keep going. They're going to go up and you're going to forget about them. But if you put in the work and if we're unafraid of the calloused hands, you know, it hurts at first. When you first start plowing the fields, your hands are going to get blistered and they're going to start hurting. But eventually those hands are going to get callous and you're going to be able to do more work in the field because God has allowed you to endure the pain that comes with plowing the field. 
we gotta we gotta be willing to plow the field and we gotta be willing to get I, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've had my hands blistered. But for me it's worth it. And and I'm not saying it's not worth it to anybody else, but that's my own personal my own personal mission is just Lord, you know, my prayer and I I've, I've prayed this over other people as well, is Lord, God please don't let me be afraid of calloused hands. Don't let me be afraid to 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 have my feet in pain, you know, from doing the, from doing your work. I'll tell God, I'll say, God, just anywhere, anywhere you want me to go, I'll go willingly. I'll do it. I have no problem. I tell pastors, I don't got to preach at your church. If you want me to come help with outreach, let's go outreach. Let's do it. I don't got to preach. Who am I? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I just want to be a servant. And that's why I'm so, and, and I tell my own pastor that. Pastor Drake, do you need anything? Do you want me to, where do you want me to serve? I think that's what this all kind of boils down to and in and, and, and us talking today is just, we, th- there's a call for servants. Yes. And there's a call to go deeper with God. And part of going deeper with God is having a servant's heart, is willing, is that willingness to say, God, I'll do whatever it takes and I'll go wherever you want me to go, even if it hurts, even if nobody else comes with me. You know, for my wife and I, we had a, we had one time where, and I'm not saying the church was busy at the time, there was a lot going on. And, and, uh, we did, we went out there by ourselves. It was in the middle of COVID and, uh, and a lot of people were sick at the time. And a lot of our regular, cause you always have regular help, yeah. right? You always had the people that are like, let's go, you know, those, but all of my regular help called me the night before. So there was no, there was no me calling people and saying, Hey, can you make it blah, 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 all that stuff. It was just me and my wife. Me, my wife, and Brother John going out there making hamburgers. I was making the hamburgers. My wife was in the other room. She was making the bags, and Brother John was just in between both. He was running. He was uh, wrapping the sandwiches, and we have tinfoil, and he was wrapping the sandwiches and helping my wife throw them in the bag. And it was just us three. But you know what? It was worth it. Yeah. Th- those things are worth it. God sees, God sees sacrifice, and he honors it. Your sacrifice doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. It never is, never gone unnoticed. Mm. It, 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 yeah, it's hard, but can I say? I, anything- I, yeah, no, I, man, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it. We keep harp, we keep saying, and it's so true that God honors sacrifice. You know, sometimes we don't see, we don't see that face that we served, perhaps come into our door. But I believe what God is going to do, what God, God sees, God looks at us and he sees, he says, I see what you're doing. You're doing my work. Here goes some more. Here's some more um, souls. I can trust you because you're doing this work. I can trust you with these. Um, and it, it and so we, we, we got to lean into it. We, we really do. I mean, that's, it's, it's, that that's what outreach is. And, yes. yeah. and, and it's just all about going and again about partnering with each other there's nothing you know obviously you want to talk before you go to you know help me i would say before you go anywhere make sure you're talking to your pastor and let them know like hey hey you know are you okay with me going going out and helping you know we have nothing going on this weekend are you Mm -hmm. because you always want to take care of the home church um but if you're if you ain't got nothing going on you know if 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 uh build the bridge ministries is trying to put on an event you know 
I would say pastors take take a take a note from Brother Huba and, and get with Build the Bridge and 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 yeah. we'll and partner with them and and yeah. can I say we've got people about. in my church we've got people in my church who would if 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 they were available on a weekend and, and it was planned and they knew it was coming up we've got people who would say Brother Mattman where are we going absolutely let's go we going up to hey. Anderson we going up to hey. come on we're going bro over we'll to take Orsburg. you <laughs> we're going to, you know. There are people that, you know, that way. And so it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a blessing to have those people in your group, in your right. congregation, you know? Right. And, um, and so I, that's, I, like I said, I tell, I tell any pastor, like, you need my help. Let's go. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I've said that several times on here and, and I'll, and, but that's, it's really my heartbeat. You know, brother Mahirin, he is, he has such a heart for Barnwell and uh, he has brother Smith as his, uh, you know, his assistant pastor and, and they are just mm. doing something great down there, bro. I mean, they are, mm. they, they have, they, they're going to reach Barnwell like never before. I, I've seen that awesome. I've told brother me hearing that um, even, I, I know that, um, brother elders you know he was on the podcast i think a few uh a few episodes ago and he was um talking about the same thing just talking about reaching the community and stuff that's what we need we need somebody that's willing to get out into the streets and and unafraid to get out into the streets yeah and and uh you know god you know god god sees your faithfulness he does and and it's just he's he's allowed me to do to do things that I didn't think I'd be allowed to do to go places I didn't think I'd be allowed to go um, prison the prison being one of them and I'm sure we're getting uh, close to time and stuff but you know yeah. the the pr- the prison has been such a oh, gosh bro it's been such a a blessing it has How opened my eyes. You said since March. Um, since since March, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a we had a minister come. Uh, he married a girl in our church, and uh, she pulled him up here. <laughs> He's from Texas, brother Kirby Smith. He was doing um, prison ministry in in Texas, and uh, he really, you know, I'd always had a passion for it. I'd always wanted to do it. I didn't know what it took, and it's a, it's a process. Um, you have to submit an application to the state for every prison that you want to get into. We I'm currently mm-hmm. in two. Um, but the the state has to approve you and when the state approves you, the um warden has to approve you in that prison. And uh and you know, the last time I went, I, I thought we'd only had five people get the Holy Ghost. And I said, you know, we have a lady, she speaks Spanish in our church, and uh she comes and come to find out. This woman who speaks predominantly Spanish um, mm-hmm. comes to Sister Laura and starts talking about how she rece- she started speaking in a language that wasn't Spanish. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. And so she oh, received no. the Holy Ghost. And um, <laughs> so I asked them this past uh, couple of Sundays ago when I was there because I go once a month. And uh, I, I asked them, I said, uh, since we've been coming here in March, how many here have received the gift of the Holy Ghost um, and spoken in tongues as the Spirit has given you that utterance? I said it's evidence to you, and those five mm-hmm. hands that we uh, that we knew of went up, but then we started seeing other hands go up, and people just mm-hmm. and we had by the end of it all we, we had twelve people raise their hands in that service. We had one more get it. We're not allowed to wow. touch them. We're not allowed right. to lay our hands on them. Right. Um, we can't lay mm-hmm. our hands on their head, but they um, 
they've just grabbed hold of something. And so now that we, so now that they've received the Holy Ghost, I told them, I said, you have power. You have power to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And when they got that revelation, these women, because it's a women's prison, these women just start going up to their friends and start laying their hands on their back and on their head and start praying, praying with them. And they're praying these other, these other inmates through the Holy Ghost because they're starting to realize that they have power to do so. And we're not, put, we haven't touched one of them in the process of it. Oh, man. And it's just oh, been, y'all, look, it's, man's hands don't have to touch them. I ain't got nothing. Jesus is doing it all. That's all. Jesus is doing everything. And it's been, it's been yeah. so amazing. I get so excited when I talk about it because it's been so just amazing to see, you know, because they're, yeah. they're, they're grabbing hold. And like, some, there, there's this one lady in particular, I can tell brother, I can tell that she goes into her room at night and she just mm. gives God all. Here's the crazy mm. part. The only time that they'll let us come to the prison we come on a Sunday, and the only time they allow us to go is at 6 a.m. Mm. We, we had a, the last time we were in service, we had 109 women in service with us at 6 a.m. Wow. There's a hunger there. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and it's not, and, I, and, and these women, they do not care about who's sitting beside them. These women want God and they, they desire God. These men that we're, we're in a men's prison as well. I've only been able to go there once. Um, but these men are hungry for God. Um, I, I don't know what's kind of, there's another ministry that's going there more often than I am. Uh, and so I don't know the full um, details of what's going on there, but I'm telling you if, again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, and you want to get in on a prison plea, you feel free to message me. Um, I will happily send you the application, send you who you need to send it to. Um, and you can get in, you find out the prison that's around you. And I will happily help you in whatever way I can to get you into that prison because there's, there's souls there. I just recently found out that we are, um, legally, legally, if a, if an inmate wants to be baptized in Jesus name, they can take away a lot of their rights, but they cannot take away the freedom of religion. If, um, if they want to be baptized in Jesus name, all they have to do is tell the chaplain and the chaplain will allow us to come in and baptize them in Jesus name. They legally have to let them. Um, and, and, uh, and so we've, and so when I found that out, because uh, I was talking to uh, Brother Nicky Robbins, he's out of Mississippi. He's the NAM director from Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, and he's also over the prison ministry for um, for the UPCI. And I was talking to him this past week about it, and he said, he said, absolutely. He said, preach baptism in Jesus' name. And if they want to be baptized in Jesus' name, all they have to do is let the chaplain know or letting the warden know, and they have to let you come in to baptize them in Jesus' name. There you go. And there so, you go. And so I said, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Go. Let's baptize some people. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, listen, we are we are coming up on our time. And I yes, do want to um, give you a minute here to talk a little bit about. Um, let's see. So y'all, I, I was uh, being nosy on y'all's website. Y'all got some stuff sure. coming up at Sanctuary of Praise. Yes, uh, what can people expect at Fall Fest on October 27th? 
So this is actually an event that my wife and I are putting on. Um, there you go. We, and, uh, we, and everything. <laughs> yes, sir. So we have a we have we have a lot of fun going on. Um, yeah. It's going to be there's going to be uh, some inflatables there. There's going to be a 40 foot obstacle course. Um, there's going to be a little sports inflatable there for the kids and stuff. And then the, uh, the one of my favorite things that's going to be there is going to be a dunk tank that we're uh, going to put our pastoral staff in. Um, oh man! Please send me any pictures of. <laughs> brother drake going into the water oh, okay you better believe it you better believe it <laughs> and uh so that's that's gonna be fun we're uh food it's gonna be free food um and so we're just we're really excited about that games um prizes and of course of course a fall festival would not be complete without candy, right? And so there's going to be yes. plenty, plenty of candy. Um, so if you are, you know, a neighboring church and you're in the area, or if you are listening to this podcast and are in the area, uh, come by. We'll we'll happily take you in and uh, and talk with you. There's going to be a booth there yeah. for anybody that wants a Bible study and uh, sign oh, awesome, up sheets awesome. and stuff. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. gonna have like a little side booth. Like I said, we're not gonna we're not gonna just shove it down people's throats or anything, but we're gonna right, have it right. off to the side. Right and say, hey, if you want a Bible study, we'll be more than happy to give you one. Um, mm-hmm. If you want prayer, we'll be more than happy to pray for you. So we're going to kind of put that off to the side, kind of hopefully try to get it enclosed somehow um, for yeah. if there wants to be some private prayers or whatnot there. So, yeah. but yeah, we're excited about that. So if you want prayer, come on. We'll, we, we believe we believe in that prayer still yeah. works. <laughs> amen, amen. And you can, you know, listeners can find out more too by going to your website, www.sopupc.com. S want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your heart, your burden, um, just sharing the practical advice, your experience here, um, all those things today. And, um, you know, I know people, many people know you, they've seen you around the state and, uh, I believe in God is going to just grow your ministry. And just because again, you're so obedient and, and, and willing to, um, to go where he wants you to go. And I, as you, where he wants you right now. And I also believe that he's grow your ministry. I believe that. And I pray that over you. And I want to thank all of the guests for tuning in um, or listeners for tuning in. And if you'd like to connect with the South Carolina district, you can visit www.scdistrict.org. And if you'd like to email me, you can do so at scbtbministries at gmail.com. Remember to share um, this podcast with everybody and whoever you have.